Welcome to another episode. We are talking about TriSwift, Swift 5, Strings in Swift, Apple subscriptions and all picks of the week. Welcome to Contravariance. So we're recording this on April 1st, um, April Fools, and I don't like that. The funniest thing happened though, yesterday my iPhone started to act up and it was like, ah, do I like reset, reboot it, or will it just work? Um, spoiler alert, it didn't just work because my alarm didn't go off. Well, it did go off, but it didn't make a sound. And then I woke up at like seven instead of 6.15 when it was supposed to go off. And I was already, I woke up like half an hour before my uh, alarm was supposed to go off. And then it was like, this, this doesn't feel right. I'm sleeping for so much longer. And then I looked at my phone and it was indeed mm. longer. Usually I'm the one who arrives late. So, um, but we still kind of made it in time today. Exactly. No, but it was it was funny, especially with with today being April Fools, and yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Your personal April Fools joke was uh, setting the alarm weird. Exactly. Yeah, I guess we will try not to have any April Fools joke in this podcast, also because when it airs, it actually won't be April Fools anymore. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of the whole event. I used to when I was a kid, though. That's that's good. But yeah. I'm happy that you're not anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just came back from uh, Japan my, my second time this year. Um, I attended TriSwift and it's, man, it's a really, really good conference. It's uh, What I liked the most was how big it was. They had 900 attendees. And um, I've been to to many dub dubs, um, and TriSwift was the closest that I felt to dub dub in terms of a non official conference. They had a lot of Apple folks around. Um, it was just a huge event, and it felt so close to dub dub that it was like, wow, this is like going to dub dub except not being there. It was really nice. That's really good. I mean, I've been there uh, twice now, uh, twice in in New York, and. I mean, I can only say good things. Uh, it's it's a really good conference, and I'm I'm super happy that you got the chance to go there now and and give a talk. Um, also sad that I wasn't able to go to to Tokyo, and uh, but I hope that I will will be able to go there uh, next time because I've yeah like that's even bigger than than New York, and um, obviously like going to Asia would be would be really nice for me, and uh, I'm happy to hear that you that you thoroughly enjoyed it. It's really nice also because I feel Japan has this nerd factor that's attractive to tech-related people in a way because they have um, anime, manga, um, they have um, a lot of video game history um, and not even history but even um, PlayStation, for example, Sony is still Japan. Um, they have these weird arcades um, they have um, the 400 different flavors of KitKat. So there is a lot going on there that, that people that are vaguely in the in the tech space enjoy and then there's this very different writing system and the language and so in addition to a cool conference it's also a really cool country to explore and especially a really cool city and a really cool country which makes it even more attractive i have decided that i definitely want to go there again next year although i always said that about a conference when i'm back and then <laughs> sometimes it's tricky it's like you can't just go to conferences all year long yeah exactly i think i was talking to a friend this weekend and mentioned like yeah like i have only three more conferences lined up for this year and i hope to be able to attend some more and she was like only three i was like yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a lot. But then again, the traveling also is it's difficult. I mean, it's much easier if it's a European conference where I just, let's say, fl say fly an hour and I'm there. Um, whereas flying 10 hours or 15 hours, um, it, it takes a much higher burden. Exactly. I mean, that's that's something you don't want to do every week. I mean, neither probably do you want to do every week. But uh, but yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah. And obviously, when uh, especially when you're when you're speaking, then you have to do some preparation and like prepare to talk and also like prepare to talk to more people about it. And that can also increase the burden. But yeah. most of the time, at least for me, and I think also for you, I mean, that's also a big a uh, big part of a conference to to be able to to give a talk there hmm. and this time actually i gave two talks and a workshop so it was kind of a lot of work um because when when one thing was finished i had to prepare for the next thing um but i still enjoyed it a lot yeah and if you if you get the chance to i think that's that's great i mean i like i got the chance to also give a workshop when i was in new york and i was like yeah let's do this because you know i'm gonna be in new york just this once again and yeah. it's gonna take a while to to get back yeah, yeah. so that, that was really cool. And I'm already looking forward to the next conference that's on the radar. That's awesome. Yeah. Me too, me too. Um, we made some stickers. Right, we have stickers now, Contravariant stickers. So if you listen to this podcast and you like the podcast and you'd like to have a nice Contravariant sticker on your laptop, well, you can actually see the sticker in our Twitter feed if you want to ensure that it actually looks nice, but I feel they are really nice, then uh, approach us on a conference or write us. We have stickers. We have stickers. And they're, yeah. So actually they're even nicer than what they look like on Twitter because on Twitter it looks like they're like square with this white border, but they actually actually are cut out uh, and are really, really nice. Yeah, we should post a picture of one of the laptops that have a sticker just so you can see what it looks like when it's uh, taped onto something. That's a good idea. Yeah. So after quite a while um, and a lot of hard work and a lot of things happening behind the scenes, Swift 5 was released. Yay! Um, it took a while. It took a while longer than the, than the previous releases, but uh, I think in the end, it was really good that they took the time. And it was like pretty like easily like, hey, yeah, we have had this uh, like event and now Xcode 10.2 is shipped. And yeah, that includes Swift 5. And it was like... That's that big. That's really awesome. Um, so yeah, Swift Five is there, and that's that's really really cool. And I actually already took, like, it was a week ago or so when I uh, had some time at work, and I was a bit, I would almost say annoyed. I wasn't annoyed, but it was like, hey, I have have a bit of time. Let's make sure that the whole code base is updated to Swift Four Point Two because it wasn't yet. And I took the time to do so, and it was a lot of fun. I'm weird like that. I like doing like those mundane, boring, quote-unquote, tasks. Um, and then, obviously, like half a week later, uh, Xcode 10.2 came out, and it was like, hey, I updated everything to 4.2, so why not do it again with Swift 5? And I did, and it was really easy, actually. Um, there aren't any like really source breaking changes. Uh, so it was mostly a matter of just updating like the language settings to 5.0, building it again, and that's it. I mean, to be honest, I only built it. I didn't run any tests, um, but the build succeeds. 
No, it's really nice. I um, also did this for um, muscle or um, static site toolkit that we use for the for this podcast. Um, and they they had like three suggestions. Um, it didn't even rewrite any code. It just had a couple of suggestions of things that I deprecated and I should change. And I changed that, and it took me five seconds. No, it's also not a big code base, obviously. Yeah, but it took me like five seconds, and I was done. Um, it's a really nice step forward. One interesting tidbit that I ran into, like one issue, is that um, now that we have Swift 5 and Swift 5 doesn't um, bundle the Swift libraries anymore because the ABI is stable, um, when you compile something, a command line app with Swift 5 and you're not running on your Mac Mojave um, 0.4, then the command line app will not execute. It will crash. It will say, well, um, it can't find the Swift standard library because you need you now need the official Swift standard library that's ABI compatible. And there's a separate download on the Apple developer forums that you need to install in order for that to work. I didn't know that. And initially I was confused why uh, why it, it crashed. But the, in hindsight, it, it's obvious. Um, this is the one thing that I actually ran into that most of my command line things suddenly didn't work anymore. And I needed an additional download from Apple that's like three megabytes big. That's not too bad, I no, guess. No, 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 it's fine. Nice. Yeah. And with a future macOS update, this will also be moot and uh, not required anymore. Nice. Yeah, actually, like um, within the Swift 5 update, and I'm actually not sure how big our code base is when it comes to like lines of Swift code, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like more than 100, 200,000. Yeah, I would, I would guess it's 150,000. I mean, we, we have the benchmarks, but I, I can't look at them right now. Yeah, um, but but I was I was really surprised by... You know how easy it was, and then uh, we had now had a custom like result type, and I also migrated that, and that was that was probably most of the work, um, especially because like I base I, I just removed our result type and didn't add anything to um, the Swift standard library result type, which doesn't include some of the things that we were using in tests. So, for example, we had like an is success, is failure, um, and some convenience methods to uh, to use result, and I haven't added them back yet. So, I think that was like the biggest part of the Swift five migration. But I'm still like it's still like not completely done. I would say because obviously migrating um, like from the first build of 4.2 to just being able to build on Swift 5 doesn't mean that you've upgraded to Swift 5, right? Like there's a lot of uh, new features in Swift 5 that I haven't taken a look at yet. Um, and this is something I'm planning on, like giving a small presentation about and informing the community here at work saying, hey, we've updated. Um, these are changes you can look into to you know, make the code even better and more type safe and nicer. I feel, for me, one of the the biggest features of Swift Five is that the now that the ABI is stable, um, which took a huge amount of effort and work, all these resources that for Swift Five were almost solely working on the stable ABI can now work on all the other interesting topics that Swift still lacks. So I feel like all the Apple developers that did, had to to invest so much time into the stable ABI can now work on. Async await, for example, um, or improvements to the string system and many, many other things which um, I feel um, are going to affect us as developers more than the ABI compatibility. Now, the ABI compatibility uh, stability is really nice and it's fantastic that it's there, but it's not like it will 
change the way we use the language. Whereas having async await, for example, will do that. So I'm really, really excited about the next version of Swift and maybe the one after that with all these resources because the um, stable API, it, it didn't, it wasn't just Swift 5. They started thinking and working on that already releases before that. So it has taken a, a huge toll on, um, on the, the additional things that the language will offer. And so I'm really excited about with all these new found resources, um, what will happen to Swift. Exactly. And this is actually something I was wondering too, right? Like we haven't really seen uh, anything like we know uh, like from one and a half years ago when they started on Swift 5, also what they are planning on to work on Swift 6. Um, but there hasn't been any official like update on it. And I'm like kind of surprised because for Swift 5, they actually announced it before they shipped Swift 4. And now obviously Swift 5 is out. They've uh, they're working on 5.1, um, but we haven't heard anything official about Swift 6 yet. Uh, I tweeted about it, didn't get a response. So I'm like wondering if they are just going to continue working and then announce something at DubDub. Yeah, I don't know. So I feel right now they are still very busy with the module stability of VSD, which is coming to in Swift 5.1. Um, and after that, I my, my gut feeling is that after, so when Swift 5 um, happened, Michael Ilzerman posted all these posts on the future of this of strings and Swift, and we will get to that in a minute. But basically, Swift 5 was out, and they were like, okay, so now that that's done, let's talk, con discuss with the community what are the next steps in terms of string long term. And I feel the same thing might happen with the rest of Swift once 5.1 hits, that um, the, the core team will go out and um, and have a lot of posts and we can start on a discussion what the next step are. Because there's a lot on the horizon. There's also the ownership system, like the ownership manifesto, and many other things that um, that ought to be done. There's also a lot of um, performance improvements that can be done in, in various areas of the language. And um, so the question is, what to focus on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I, I think Swift is not the only project that's, you know, quote unquote, suffers from that where there's there's enough to be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's a question of like, what do we want to focus on? What makes most sense now? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm super looking forward to that because like, I, like you said as well, like I think the uh, improvements that we will be seeing going into the future are going to be really nice and, and really great like improvement to actually work with the language. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one thing that we briefly talked about was the the strings ABI uh, or the the um, the strings in Swift five. Because one thing they managed to sneak in was the uh, was the, the switch from internally representing strings at UTF sixteen to re internally representing them as UTF eight. And with that out of the door, um, there's now a lot of things that can be done to improve strings. And as everybody who ever used strings in Swift knows, they are sometimes a bit cumbersome to use. Um, it sometimes lacks the proper API, API, uh, API to do something simple or uh, something simple has, there's a way to do it, but it's kind of complicated. And so Michael Ilzerman, he actually gave a talk at um, TriSwift in Tokyo where he um, showcased the various ways in which they intend to improve strings. And he wrote a lot of um, posts on the Swift forums that discuss the various areas in which they intend to make strings better. And they are hoping to get community input. So if if you don't like string or like the string tab, or you, if you are something that where you would like 
that you'd like to see in uh, for the string type in Swift, this is your chance to actually contribute contribute to go to the Swift forums to look at that to see what is what is proposed. Do I like that? Do I think there's a better way? And and join the discussion to make strings in Swift better because we really need more there. A couple of things that. Um, that he proposed is, for example, um, adding native trim, split, find, replace, and offset indexing. We have some of that, but some of that uses foundation. Um, and the idea is to use to have it native in the standard library of Swift, for example. Um, and another thing that it's currently missing is a way to do string processing um, with um, file pointers so that you open you open the file and then you you read from it uh, without using NS data in between for example so there's there's a lot of stuff missing and there are a lot of um, there are a lot of posts and if you're interested in that you should really look into it really yeah and and in their defense like string obviously is a really complicated type which at the same time is is really simple um, and Swift does a lot, a lot, a lot of things right already. Um, and like you mentioned, there is still a lot to be done and there are still like rough edges depending on what you're doing. Uh, but I think it's good to notice that, you know, there's a lot of things going on already that are really, really awesome. Um, so we can only expect like more awesomeness in the future. Absolutely. And and I feel now that they are focusing on it and taking community input, and now that the uh, switch to UTF-8 is done, we can actually see huge improvements there that will make using strings in Swift much easier. Um, I mean, we ourselves, we have, we talked about this before, we have the static site generator for um, for our website, and this thing is completely written in Swift. It doesn't use any external libraries, and it basically does template parsing, um, and then there's a YAML parsing, kind of YAML, um, and a lot of other things. So there's a lot of string processing happening. There's now even a, a simplified version of markdown parsing, and we are even um, calculating the durations of MP3 files. All this done in Swift, and all uses a lot of string processing. And so we, we, we've seen a lot of the issues where sometimes it's way more cumbersome to do something than it ought to be. Um, and it's fantastic that they're looking that they're looking into it. And if you're interested in that, hit this hit on the hit the Swift forums, look into it and um, contribute. Yeah, exactly. And that's also something for us to do, right? To give that feedback and make sure that, you know, we can share what, what we've been seeing and, and see if that can be improved. Yeah. And I also wanted to say because for uh, if we have any Harry Potter fans listening um, the talk from Michael at TriSwift was called the Philosopher's String, and when I first saw that, I like I immediately and now again while I'm seeing this, I like got a huge smile on my face because that's like the perfect talk title, even using the British name of the book because in America they actually call it the Sorceress. Uh, really, I didn't know String. That. Yes, oh, or the sorceress stone, obviously, not oh, the sorcerer's okay. string. No, I didn't know that. Interesting. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, props to, props to Michael. That's cool. So next up, we asked a question to our audience. And the question was, um, with Apple having announced a new subscription service in the US, which ones would you like to see internationally? It could be something existing or new. So we wondered which of these um, services would you be interested in that were announced at the recent Apple event? Yeah, so Apple uh, had an event on Monday, last week Monday, on the 25th of, of March. Um, and they announced a lot of servers 
things. Um, they announced new Apple TV Plus, Apple News Plus, um, Apple Arcade, which is a game subscription service. And most of that, though, is like available in the US only. And some of it in Canada, I think. And yeah, it's it was a really American Apple event. So that's that's why we were wondering, like, what would you like to see? Um, so be, before we go into the into the end replies, what would you like to see if you had to pick one bus? I I don't know. I think I'm a bit indifferent. Where I don't really, I'm not really waiting for something at the moment. Um, so. I mean, I would love to see Apple Pay coming to the Netherlands still. Um, that's obviously not a subscription service. And in general, I don't know if I'm a big fan of subscription services. I do see that that is where we're heading with a lot of things. Um, but no, nothing specific. Okay. I would, I'm would. i not interested into, in their content offering at all. I have Netflix and that's fine. That's enough for me, I guess. And I'm also not interested in the gaming serving the arcade even though i think it, it's nice but I, I play on the switch if i play um i would be most interested in apple card um to be honest as a, as a credit card because it offers the service of generating a new credit card number for our online transactions whenever you need one uh, that's something that other u.s banks have offered in the in the past as well but there's no company in germany i think that really offers it so i would like to have that um, but as we also said it could also be a new service something that i would really like to subscribe to would be to be able to use uh, to run linux vms and terminal on my ipad i would be willing to subscribe to that like i would be willing to give kim to give Tim, uh, amount of money every month as a subscription for his subscription empire, just so that I can run, could run a terminal. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, and I was a bit surprised that you saw that as a like a service thing because sure you can make anything a service, but I see that more as you know maybe even special hardware. I don't know, not really. Like, no, yeah, the idea was that I don't think this is ever going to happen. And um, I felt maybe if if we say as a community, Tim, we are going to pay for it as a subscription because you love subscriptions so much. Maybe that's an incentive for him to say internally, okay, let's ship this. Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, we got some some answers from the community as well that we want to go into. So um, Mihai wrote, I'm sure both the Arcade and TV Plus will be available internationally from the start. So that, that was actually a good point. Mm -hmm. um, Apple didn't for all of them say like hey this will only ship in in the usa and obviously they uh, announced things that are going to be released in a while which is dangerous i um but uh, let's see i i i'm i'm pretty confident about arcade but i'm not sure about tv plus because for tv yeah maybe they are producing all the content themselves right yeah let's yeah see. yeah probably and then he said the arcade could be massive but i pray apple is fully invested into it and not just testing the waters as they sometimes do and i was a bit I wonder there, like, what, what does he mean with, like, hey, what is being fully invested? But I do agree where it's like, hey, this is kind of tricky, right? Because if you, uh, the way Apple is setting it up with, like, really, like, sponsoring or, or like, supporting the, the people behind those games, if it doesn't work out, which, you know, I don't know if it will or not, um, that might be tricky to resolve. Hmm. Um, and also for the original Apple TV, um, they thought that the remote would be a good controller, like a good game controller, and it's just terrible at everything. 
And so there's the danger that they, due to whatever reasons, again, do something that fundamentally invalidates the whole idea. You never really know. Yeah, let's see. Um, and then uh, none other than Paul Hudson also replied saying, I'd like an Apple Watch upgrade program. I already have the iPhone equivalent and it works great, but I need to buy the watches outright. And again, here I was a bit surprised because I didn't even know that there is an iPhone update program in the UK. Yeah, so uh, Paul is, has the advantage of living in the UK where the iPhone switch program that they have in the US is also uh, supported. Uh, in the US, you get a new iPhone every year automatically as a subscription, which is fantastic. I'd love to do that. And the UK offers this as well, but apparently, and I don't think it's offered anywhere else in the world, um, but apparently not for watches, which I didn't know. I mean, for me, um, it's something that I wouldn't even consider because, uh, I don't know, like, I don't feel like I have to get a new phone every year. Like, I don't see the value. No, no I, I get that. But the idea is you don't have to care about it. And since the phone that you give away still is a high resale value, you also don't have to care about that. You are always in the newest hardware and you don't. The, the, the overhead you pay is not that high. So you just don't have to care about it at all, about selling the old device, about buying a new device, about stuff. It, it's just all being taken care of you, for you. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, you know, it's a subscription for a reason, which means you will be paying more. Um, and yeah, it has some, some nice, nice things. But for me, uh, no, I don't really see it, especially with, uh, at least in my experience, uh, selling an iphone is really easy like sometimes you don't even like you you even start thinking about it and it feels like people are already popping up asking like hey are you selling your phone and yeah interesting yeah i think i would be in the camp for for a subscription like that totally and then we had a last uh response from louis and he said like being already said apple card is what i'm most excited for and i think you know if you've you've read the announcement or seen the the keynote then uh, this is something really cool. Um, it's not necessarily a subscription, I think, but I'm really looking forward to to something like that. But at the same time, you know, no Apple Pay yet in the Netherlands, so yeah. it might take a while. It's also titanium. It's titanium, laser engraved titanium, and that wasn't like voiceovered by Johnny, right? That's weird. Huh. He's busy designing cars. Actually, I read that when you lose the card, getting a new one is free. Wow. Mm. So that's your chance to stock up on titanium. You just lose the card every week, <laughs> get a new one, and then you can plaster your whole wall with uh, titanium cards. I mean, I wonder, yeah. <laughs> wonder if that's how it works or not. <laughs> no, I doubt it. I guess when you lose it the third time in a month, uh, they, will, they will start to ask questions. I would, would imagine so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, topics of the week. So, um, Ish. I have, Ish. So I have something that is um, not Swift and only partially developer-related. It's um, NNN, which easy to pronounce, just three times the letter N, which is a terminal file manager. It's called Snappy File Manager for the Ninjas. And it's written in C. Um, and so it's really fast and it almost consumes no memory. And what it's made for is basically you're in terminal and you 
quickly want to navigate to a different folder, delete files, do something here, um, you can use this instead of going to Finder. Um, so basically it allows you to do the same thing as you do in Finder just from the terminal. Um, and I mostly use it to quickly navigate between folders and so on. And it has a lot of features like um, you can um, navigate as you type, um, there's file picker modes, it actually has a disk usage analyzer, instance search, sorting, um, it gives you MIME type information, you can script it, and much more. It actually also um, is obviously cross-platform, so you can even install it on your um, on your server. If you, for example, SSH into your server to do things, you can then use the same file manager as you do in your development system. It's really nice, and it's it makes... The, your life as a developer if you spend some time in terminal every day much nicer so that's uh, my pick sounds like a good like tool for you <laughs> exactly um yeah what i uh, found is uh, a tool it's called or or a, or a library and it's called rough swift and that probably doesn't say much um i would agree um but it's like quote unquote hand drawn um like images and graphics and oh, that looks cool. And it looks really neat. It's like re a really like fun uh, mm -hmm. uh, way to to draw something. And I thought that was a really cool idea because you know you can't really hand draw anything programmatically, um, but here they do, and it looks looks really nice and mm, it looks really cool. I don't you know I don't really haven't really found like a use for it yet. Um, I have one for you. We have these charts internally for our Swift usage. You can rewrite it so it uses these nice things. That sounds like a that cool would be idea. a nice hack week project. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it's really fun, and I would would like uh, definitely recommend to to take a look at the library and see like what it can do. I mean, it can draw like a here we're looking at like a Christmas tree or like the Swift logo. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. It's it's really neat. Yeah. And, and, you know, I haven't really found, like, such a simple, quote-unquote, simple, fun mm -hmm. uh, library. And I thought that was, that was really cool to mention. I like it. It's, it's, a, it's a cool pick. I think I will, I'll star it right now so that I can, um, so that I can use it in, in future projects, hopefully. Cool. Okay. So I think we are uh, done with our topics for this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And if you would be so kind, we would love a review on iTunes or uh, like share uh, the podcast with a friend or on Twitter or any other social media. And yeah, that would be really great. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thanks. Bye-bye.